Okay, so if you haven't already, let's go ahead and open up your Bible to Proverbs, Proverbs 31 and um, verses 4 through 9. Let's go ahead and read that real quick. Okay. Um, actually, let's back up a little bit. Let's go to verses, uh, start in verse 1. Um, and it says in verse 1, What my son and what son of my womb and what son of my vow do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. So Proverbs 31, again, we're going back to this mother that um, is warning her son. Remember last week she warned him against the uh, giving his strength to strange women and um, or to evil women, and and today we see that she's warning him about strong drink, um, and it's kind of the same thing. She warned him about the evil woman. Remember last week she said, um, you know, not to give his strength to evil women, and that was because she knew that 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 woman would take him down. And so today she's she is warning him against um, intoxicating intoxicating drink. Um, the the Proverbs 31 woman that we've learned about, uh, we've learned that so far that she works willingly with her hands. She's trustworthy. She provides food for her family. She gets up early and is prepare, prepared for the day. She works hard at her relationship with Jesus. She covers her family in the blood of Jesus. And remember that study, it was called, um, she clothes her family in scarlet. She instructs her children she keeps herself pure before the Lord, and today we're going to see that she's sober-minded. First um, Peter five eight says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour." And I've said this before, and um, just today I'm just going to repeat it. You know, the devil really hates you. He hates each one of us as Christians, as women. He hates you. The devil has been after women since the very beginning, and he wants to ruin your reputation. He wants to take your kids out. He wants to take you out. He will do whatever he can to render you ineffective for the Lord, whatever he can, and that includes alcohol. That includes alcohol. So the five points of tonight's uh, lesson is um, there's a logical prohibition for leaders, and we find that in verse 4 of Proverbs 31, logical prohibition for leaders. Um, there's a liability, and we find that in verse 5. There are legitimate uses in times of old, and we find that in verses 6 and 7. We'll see um, living controlled, 
and that's in verses 8 and 9. And then the last point, uh, point number five, is love versus liberty. And we're going to look at Romans 14, um, verses 15 and 21 for that one. So let's go ahead and get started. So the, the subject of drinking alcohol, it's, a, it's a greatly debated in the church. Um, the Word of God, and specifically Proverbs 31, has some warnings against becoming intoxicated. And we can see that again in Proverbs 31, 4 through 9. It says, it is not for kings. I'm just going to read it again. It is not for kings, O well. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. So the first point we're going to look at is the logical prohibition for leaders. The Bible restricted drunkenness and prohibited those of certain religious and government offices from drinking alcohol. And the first one we're going to look at is the Levites. The Levites were spiritual leaders. And in Leviticus chapter 10, verse 9, the Lord is telling the Levites, Do not drink wine or strong drink, neither you or your sons with you, when you come into the tent of meeting so that you will not die it is a perpetual statue throughout your generation. So it's a serious warning the Lord is giving to the Levites. And again, the Levites were spiritual leaders. And he's saying um, n not only for, uh, for the, the, the priests, but also the sons with them. He says, your sons with you when you come into the tent of meeting so that you will not die and that it is a perpetual statue. So this is kind of ongoing. This wasn't just for a certain time. This is a perpetual statue throughout your generations. It's a, it's a serious warning for spiritual leaders. Numbers uh, chapter 6, verses 2 and 3 says, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When a man or woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to dedicate himself to the Lord, he shall abstain from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar, whether made from wine or strong drink, nor shall he drink any grape juice, nor eat any fresh or dried grapes. So we see that um, there are the warnings for the leaders. And right here we also see that this uh, queen mother, again, she's warning her son. She said it's not for kings or princes, princes to drink alcohol. And some translations say um, wine and some say strong drink. She warned him of, in, in verse 3 again to stay away from the evil woman because she knew that that was going to take him down. And the same is true for intoxicating drink. She, um, she's warning him not to drink alcohol because she knows that it will take a leader down. So what does this mean for us as Christians? What does this mean for us as women um, as Christians, you are leaders. You are a leader, uh, either a leader in your home, a leader at your job. You're a leader, and it's not for kings or women whose worth is far above rubies to 
drink wine and to forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of the afflicted. So that's the first point. Um, there is a definite, um, there's a definite warning for leaders to not drink. And number two, there is uh, the liability. So verse five says, lest they drink and pervert the justice of the afflicted. Drinking prevents good judgment. So I just did a little bit of a a study here on um, when does drinking impair your judgment. So um, two alcoholic drinks cause impaired judgment. Three drinks cause exaggerated behavior. Four drinks reduce information processing capabilities, judgment, self-control, and reasoning. So the liability of drinking is there is um, there's some definite things that happen to you physically when you drink. Proverbs 23, 29, and 30 says, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine. Um, as, I was, as I was preparing this study, I just, uh, it was interesting, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were just talking about you know family and things like that and, and she was just telling me some things that were going on in her family and um, I just thought it was really sad. She um, has a daughter that's been married for um, over 15 years and she said, we found out that my son-in-law is an alcoholic. And, of course, they have kids, you know, things like that. But what she called him was a closet um, drinker. She said he was, a, you know, he's a churchgoer. Um, he, from the, on the outside, everything looked really good, family man. Um, you know, but he, what he would do is he would take um, and and get his alcohol and, and drink at home. And there was one particular day that he, uh, he was out of town on a business trip and had, you know, done what he always does, just, you know, went out and got what he wanted to drink and took it back to the hotel and, um, and then uh, left, left the hotel, you know, drank a few drinks or however much and left the hotel to get more and ran into 12 parked cars, 12 parked cars. And when the police, you know, of course he couldn't run, he was totally impaired. And, um, and uh, when the police got there, he didn't remember ever even getting into his truck. And so he wrecked his truck, he lost his job. Um, and then from there, it was just a downward, downward spiral, wound up losing his family. And you know, it's just like it just like it says right here in in, um, in Proverbs twenty three, who has woe and who has sorrow? And it's just so sad because, you know, on the outside everything looked really good. She said we just found out. She had never even known. Her daughter had been hiding this all this time. And it's just so sad. It's it's the kids, it's the family, it's the person that's drinking alcohol that has woes and sorrow. So he lost everything, lost his license, his job, didn't even remember getting into his truck. Some other statistics, um, some of the harmful effects 
of alcohol, we know that there are definite health risks of drinking alcohol. People who drink have a greater risk of liver disease, sleep disorders, depression, stroke, high blood pressure, and other conditions. And, and you might even be thinking that you know somebody that has suffered from that. Um, another risk of drinking is birth defects. Um, drinking during pregnancy can cause brain damage and other serious problems. Um, they call it fetal alcohol syndrome. And, you know, our foster system is full of children that are suffering with fetal alcohol syndrome because um, of drinking during pregnancy. 40% of violent crimes report drinking at the time. Either the victim, offender, or both were drinking at the time of the crime. College campuses report 90% of rape and assault are relating, related to drinking. 90%. That's huge. We have how many colleges right here in our city? 90% of rape and assault are relating to, related to drinking. This is a serious issue. Again, we need to ask the Lord, what does this mean for me? Keep that in the back of your mind as we go through this tonight. So there's a logical prohibition for leaders. There's a clear liability. And then there were legitimate uses in times of old for drinking. Verse 6 says, Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. So the first legitimate use was, um, it was a crude painkiller. And remember back in those, in, in days of old, they didn't have the pharmaceuticals that they do now, you know, as far as the painkillers. And, um, you know, we see on, on old movies where they're, you know, digging out a bullet from somebody and they're giving them, you know, a, a, a drink of, of wine or a drink of alcohol to, to kind of dull the pain. So it was a cruel, uh, crude painkiller. Also, it was a, a water purifier. Um, in ancient times, there were not many safe beverage, uh, beverages that were safe to drink. There were several ways of which the ancients could uh, make water safe to drink. One of them was to boil the water. And another safe and easy method was uh, to mix wine with the water, and that would make it safe to drink. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23, it says, No longer drink water, but use a little wine for your stomach sake and your frequent infirmities. Remember, Paul is telling Timothy this. He's saying, no longer drink water alone. And if you've ever traveled to, you know, to another country, you know that a lot of times the water isn't safe to drink. You know, the local people are used to it, so they can drink it. But when we are used to drinking pure water, um, you can find out really quick how, how easily you can become sick from drinking water that is, uh, that, is not, um, that is not pure. So they used to mix a little wine with the water to make it pure to drink. So there were those two. And then... Um, the, uh, the third thing was it dulls emotional pain. So verse 7 says, Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. You know, life is hard. There are things that happen to us and to our loved ones that will just um, take the wind out of you, take you to your knees. And without hope and without Jesus, it's understood that somebody 
without that, without Jesus and without hope, would need something to dull the pain. I was remembering um, as, a, as a teenager, we had a, a friend that was a, one of our, our teenage friends that um, committed suicide, and his mom didn't know the Lord, and it was just so difficult for her. I remember um, a, a doctor giving her something to kind of knock her out, and in days of old, they didn't have that kind of stuff. So without Jesus, it's understandable that Somebody at certain times in life might need a little, you know, a little something to, to dull the pain emotionally. Um, not so with us as Christian women. We have the Lord. Um, so there's a, the logical prohibition for leaders. There's the liabilities that we've seen already. There's the legitimate uses. And then there is living controlled. The third point. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, Do not get drunk with wine. For that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So dissipation means to act like someone who is not saved. That's what that word dissipation means. So if you look at, if you read that again and you say, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is acting like someone who is not saved, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means a little bit different, doesn't it? Um, Galatians 5 19 through 26 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we can see that the far above Ruby's woman of Proverbs 31 is a woman that is controlled by the Holy Spirit. Um, and not by wine. She loves her husband and her children, and they trust her. She has joy and peace because she trusts Jesus with her life and the life of her family. She is faithful to care for her household. She is gentle and working willingly with her hands. She's self-controlled in how she spends her time. She practices patience and kindness and goodness. So this this Proverbs 31 woman is filled with the Holy Spirit and not given to wine. Susan Wesley, John Wesley's mother, said this, and I love I love this. Um, she says, "If you would judge the lawfulness or unlawfulness of a pleasure, use this simple rule: whatever weakens your reason, impairs your tenderness." of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, or takes away your desire for spiritual things, that to you is sin. I'm going to read that again. It says, if you would judge the lawfulness or unlawfulness of a pleasure, use this simple rule. Whatever weakens your reason, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, or takes away your desire for spiritual things, that to you is sin. So uh, Susanna Wesley 
John Wesley's mother, just like um, in Proverbs 31, she was warning her son and she was telling him to be careful of what he did. If it, if it takes away your desire for spiritual things, to that to you is sin. And, um, I, you know, as I, was, as I was going through that, I was just thinking, why in the world would we do anything or use anything that would control us outside of the Holy Spirit? Um, there's some, there's a, a three, three steps that um, I thought, like, how do we do this? How do we keep from being given to, to alcohol? How do we keep from being tempted in that? And the first, the first, the number one thing is don't put yourself in tempting situations. You know, if you have an, an issue with, um, with drinking, you don't want to, you know, go to a bar every single day. You don't want to hang out with people that like to drink, especially if it is your desire that you are being led by the Spirit and not by wine. So the first thing is, don't put yourself in tempting situations. And um, Proverbs twelve twenty six says, the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. So ask yourself, who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with people that are encouraging you in your walk with the Lord? Are you, are you hanging out with people that are encouraging you to, to love Jesus? Or are you, are you hanging out with people that are of the world? So who are you hanging out with? What are you allow, who are you allowing to speak into your life? Are you allowing um, the world to speak into your life, people that have worldly wisdom? Or are you allowing... Um, those that love Jesus to speak into your life? And what social media are you allowing to get into your head? You know, so many times we're maybe not hanging out with that, that person in person, but you're looking at what they're doing through the social media. And, you know, just really be careful about that. Like it says in Proverbs in Proverbs 29, um, I'm sorry, Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Be really careful who you spend time with. The second thing is spending time in God's word. That will help you to stay on track. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So spending time in the word of God, and we had that whole lesson on feeding on the word of God and how important it is to be diligent and diligent and just really take that time every single day to be in the word of God. So first of all, being really careful who you hang out with, being really careful to spend time in the word of God, and then spending time with God's people. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. First Corinthians 6.12 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by any. And just like our, um, what we saw in our effects of alcohol, um, it's really hard to drink and not be mastered by the alcohol. It, and again, that is in 1 Corinthians 6.12. That's a really good one to underline. All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. 
all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but I will not be mastered by anything. So um, I come from a long line of alcoholics, and I've seen what alcohol does to a family. I've seen, um, I've seen what it does to children. I've seen what it does when there's a lot of alcohol around and what it does to marriages. I've seen, um, I've seen, I've seen the worst of it um, in family, in ministry. I've seen, um, I've seen it ruin lives um, in ministry. I've seen uh, the worst of alcohol, and so this this message is is really. Um, uh, it's difficult. At the same time, it's very needed because um, because it's a serious thing. It's a very serious thing what alcohol does to um, to our lives, to our families' lives. It's a very serious thing. What starts off as um, drinking a little bit um, turns into drinking a little bit more and more, and then there's the downward spiral, downward spiral, and then the marriages are broken up, the kids are affected, um, and it's just, it's just an ugly situation. I had a friend that um, didn't start drinking until she was in her 50s, and struggled, 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 struggled with alcohol. Went to AA two, three times a day, um, I'm serious, two or three times a day she was at AA and she was still drinking. Um, I took her keys away from her because um, she walked into where I was and she had been drinking and she drove up there, had her keys for about three months trying to save her life and the life of people around her. And um, two years ago she wound up drinking herself to death. And um, she struggled with it. Didn't start off as an alcoholic, but little bit turned into a little more. Um, that's one story. There's another uh, man that I know that um, his story was he started drinking as a kid. There was always alcohol around in his family, and he said that he started off drinking the little leftovers on the bottom of the cup and loves Jesus, loves Jesus, but he says he remembers getting drunk for the first time at about six years old and... Um, liked it. And so after that, he just, as a, as, as a little kid, you know, was often drunk. And when uh, we had this conversation, he was a 40-year-old man and had had um, broken marriages, issues with the kids um, because of alcohol, and loved, loved the Lord, wants to please the Lord. And he said, you know what? I want a beer every day. Every day, I'm thinking about beer. And um, you know, it, it shouldn't be so. It really should not be so. Um, so there's the liabilities. There's the, there's the definite dangers. Um, and then let's look at love versus liberty in Romans chapter 14. And we're going to look at, at verses 15 and 21. And this verse is talking about food. It's talking about the food that was, that was offered to idols. Um, it says, For if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. 
Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. It is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything by which your brother stumbles. Um, that last part, again, it is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything by which your brother stumbles. So what we do, we do out of love for the Lord and out of love for each other. So ask yourself this, is using my liberty causing others to stumble? Um, I, I think about, um, about those that come into the church that have struggled, that have had family issues with alcoholism, that have had personal issues with alcohol, and if they were to see us in public drinking, um, what would that do? Would it cause them to stumble? Um, so just ask that, is, is using your liberty causing others to stumble? It's not about being trendy or being relevant. It's about loving people. Um, and again, being trendy, I don't, I don't uh, have uh, social media. I don't get on social media, but I've heard stories of mothers with their you know, their glass of wine in one hand and their baby's playing on the floor and the other, and it all looks real pretty, you know? She has her makeup on and, she, and that, but you know what? It doesn't stay pretty very long. It doesn't stay pretty very long, and we're lying to ourselves if we, if we think it does. You know, the commercials that we see, you know, of alcohol, everybody's having a good time and they're all good looking and stuff. They don't ever show um, the pictures um, like the one of my friend that drank herself to death. They don't show the pictures of the kids that have fetal alcohol because of the mothers that drank while they were pregnant because they couldn't help themselves. And so um, are you using your liberty? Are you using your liberty to cause somebody else to stumble? I, I pray not. I hope not. Um, we're free to, but we are also free not to. We're all leaders in our homes and in our jobs and in our church. And this, it's not about the do's and don'ts. It's really not. This isn't about do we or don't we. This is about loving God. This is about loving the Lord and loving others. One of our core values is loving people back to life. And we can't love people back to life if we are using our liberty to cause them to stumble. Um, if you don't already know, and if you haven't already had that in the back of your mind, let me remind you that you have an enemy that wants to ruin you. He wants to wreck your life. He wants to wreck your kids' lives. And alcohol is just one of the things that he will use to take you down. He wants to take you down. But God wants, God wants all of you, he, not just part of you. He wants all of you. And he wants you to be led by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.25 says, If we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. We are called to be different. We're called to be set apart from the world. And um, I was remembering a story that I heard on um, Family Life Radio. They have a, a talk show that um, people call in. And the title of the show one day was um, uh, The Things That Your Grown Children Do That Scare You. And so I was, you know, I was kind of listening to it in the background, and the man that called in was from Lubbock, Texas, and he had a son that went to Texas Tech. 
And so I listened because I was like, wow, this is, you know, it's a national radio, but this guy was from right here in our city. And one of the things that he said that scared him was that his son was brought up in a Christian home. Um, he, was, he went to church his whole life. He did the Sunday school, memorized scripture, all that. But when he started going to Texas Tech, he fell into a group of, um, he was very drawn to a group of monks that were up on campus and um, went home shortly after that and told his parents that um, he thought that being a, being a Christian was, was wrong. He was no longer a Christian. He was, he was falling into this um, religion that these monks um, were leading up there on the, on the campus. And um, one of the things that he told his parents was, they're different. And so as you know, the conversation went on, they were talking about how you know, these monks, they look different, they talk different, they dress different. And the thing that this father was saying was that for his son and what his son had told him was that the Christians that he knew didn't look any different from people that weren't Christians. And I just thought how sad, how sad for us as Christians, because he's talking about us, he's talking about me, that I don't look any different than the world. And especially when it comes to alcohol, we're supposed to be different. We're called to be different. Our kids are watching us. If it's not our kids, it's somebody else's kids. Our brothers and sisters, our, the people that walk through these doors, they're watching us. And we're called to be different. We're called to be set apart. Um, again, it says in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 25, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So we are called to be different, and we are called to take heed to this warning of this mother in Proverbs 31. She said, it's not for kings, it's, and I'm saying it's not for Christians, it's not for women, it's not for women whose worth is far above rubies, to be given to wine and intoxicating drink. Let's take heed to the warning. Father, we thank you, God, that you do warn us. Lord, that we are to be different, Lord. Thank you that, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you that there's healing and there's power in your blood. Lord, thank you that you are more powerful than alcohol. You are more um, everything than, um, than, than alcohol, Lord. Thank you that, that you give us minds and you give us hearts to, to listen and Lord, I just pray that you would, you would cause this to go deep into each one of our hearts, that we would have that time, because it isn't about doing and, and not doing. It's about loving you. And Lord, I know that every woman here loves you and wants to glorify you with their life. Lord, I know that every one, woman here wants to be used by you and controlled by you and by nothing else. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us the ability to say no when we need to say no, that you would give us the strength. And Lord, I pray that you would surround us with believers, like your word says, that um, as iron sharpens iron, so one woman sharpens another. Lord, I just ask that you would um, be with us as we go home, be with those that are, are not with us tonight. And Lord, we just thank you for your word, for the truth in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.